Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, folks. This is Dale. Thank you for joining with me. Can you imagine how excited the church in Thessalonica must have been when they received these letters from Paul? When they received the letters that gave them a correction, that gave them understanding, uh, there was problem. There was argument. They were debating over some things. They didn't understand certain things. Sounds sort of familiar, doesn't it? But the Lord saw fit to release through the power of the Holy Spirit a word through Paul, and he wrote the letters. And here we are a couple of thousand years later receiving the same truth, understanding the truth. The sad thing is that the church, for the most part, rejects these truths because they simply just don't study and simply don't examine what the uh, truth of the Word of God has to say. I mean, I find that sort of crazy, don't y'all? I mean, it's just wild. So... Let's pick up Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Second Thessalonians, uh, the second chapter. We looked at the first couple of verses in our last time together. Uh, I want us to sort of flow through those two real quick and then see what the Lord continues to say to us. So in verse one, it said this: "Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure." Or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter, as if from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Now, again, what the issue is, somebody had written, okay, somebody had written and had done it in the name of Paul and had terrified the people, okay, had brought terror into their life uh, because they thought the day of the Lord had already occurred. And he says, no, no, I want to clarify this. Verse 3, Paul says this, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. Now, this is really, really, really important. And there's all sorts of debate over it. Uh, To me, I think it's sort of cut and dry. If you look at the totality of what the Word says and uh, about many, many subjects right here. So let's just take it a word at a time. It says, let no one in any way deceive you. Well, Jesus had told his disciples that and has told us that repeatedly, that that's going to be the first thing that happens, is that the enemy will try to bring deception. We see it today. We see it from the pulpit. We see it in the various forms of literature and stuff like that, whatever it may be. Okay, See to it that no one deceive you for it will not come and the it is really important well what is the context what's being talked about here well what's being talked about is the day of the lord and that's the day when god's wrath is poured out upon unbelieving mankind and he says the day of the lord will not come unless the apostasy comes first now that's interesting because it begs what question well what is the apostasy obviously And a lot of times people say, well, this is evidence right here that someone can be a believer and turn away from the faith and walk away from the faith. That's what apostasy is. Uh, I don't think that's quite what's being talked about right here and quite what's being addressed. Uh, Because the simple truth that you see from the balance of the Scripture is this. If you are truly a believer, if you've truly repented and confessed and you are a true believer, 
you cannot, quote, unquote, lose your salvation like you lose your car keys. I was talking with a gentleman this morning. Really, I was listening to him more than anything. And he was talking about the phrase, once saved, always saved. He just doesn't like that phrase. He doesn't know why, but I totally understand why, because it's not biblical. You don't see that phrase in the scripture. You do see the principle. And the principle is this. If you are truly saved, you are kept by the Lord. That's the biblical phrase. You're kept. I think it's over in Galatians. That the Lord is the one who actually keeps us. So in the same way that it wasn't by my righteous behavior and my goodness or anything like that that I was actually saved, it was by the grace and the mercy of the Lord. In the same way, he keeps me. And the primary evidence that I'm truly saved is that I press on to the very end. Now, the apostasy right here, I think that this is speaking of the Jewish people turning away from God. Let me read it again. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. Well, see, so what are we talking about here? We're talking about apostasy. We're talking about the man of lawlessness. Remember many, many episodes back when we first started doing some cross-references related to all this. We went to the book of Daniel, and in the book of Daniel, we saw the abomination of desolation that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24. Well, the one that causes the abomination of desolation is the man of lawlessness, is the Antichrist. And so he said the apostasy is going to take place first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. You know, a lot of times you'll hear people preach and say, well, Jesus can come at any moment, and there's nothing that has to take place for that. Well, that's not true at all, if, if for no other reason right here. Because he says the day of the Lord is not going to come until the apostasy takes place and the man of lawlessness revealed. And the day of the Lord, as we've seen in some other scripture passages, what initiates the day of the Lord? The rapture of the church. The Lord Jesus Christ comes. He gathers us together. Remember that first verse right here, first and second verse, he talked about the Lord's coming and our gathering together with him. The Lord comes, he gathers us together, and on that very same day, a lot like what you see in Noah's Ark, on that very same day, the wrath of God begins to be poured out. Well, the apostasy comes before this. The man of lawlessness is revealed before this, and that's what the Lord is saying right here. So let me back up and read the whole sentence now. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself to be God. See, I think these verses right here bring a lot of things together. Okay, a lot of things for us to understand out of what Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse, out of what Daniel said, out of what a lot of other prophets said. That this man of lawlessness, this antichrist, this one who causes the abomination of desolation, I think this gives us insight of what that abomination of desolation is. He takes his seat in the temple of God and displays himself as God. I believe that this occurs. Let me just give you this in the final minute. Remember that last seven-year time period that we saw in Daniel chapter 9? I actually call it, and many, many other people do, the 70th week of Daniel. 
A lot of times you'll hear people call it the tribulation period. That's wrong. The great tribulation does occur within that seven-year time period, but it's not the totality of the seven-year time period. Halfway through that seven-year time period, this man of lawlessness is going to break a covenant that he made at the beginning of the seven-year time period. So he makes this covenant, or he affirms the covenant, and everybody's saying, peace, peace. Everything's going to be great and wonderful now. Halfway through, he breaks it, and he breaks it by doing this. He goes in and he stops the Jewish sacrifice, which means the Jews will be sacrificing. And he sits himself in the temple of God. Now, some people say, well, that means there's going to be a temple. There's going to be a temple. Well, perhaps. There probably will be. There probably be one reconstructed. It could be a tabernacle of Moses. It could be a tent. But more than likely, it'll be a temple. He will seat himself in that temple and display himself as God and declare himself to be God. Verse 5 of 2 Thessalonians says this, Do you not remember that while I was with you, I was telling you these things? I love that. Paul was teaching these brand, brand, brand new believers the wonder and the glory and the truth of the return of the Lord, of what was going to happen in those last days when he came, how there's going to be a man of lawlessness, how there was going to be a falling away, an apostasy, how these things were going to occur. He was teaching them this from the very beginning. I think we should do likewise. Anyway, our time's up. We'll continue next time. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you then. Good.